the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Markets looked like they were going to have a good day today. Then Donald Trump opened his mouth, or maybe opened his phone, and tweeted out that there's a good chance that there will be a substantial deal announced with China at the coming G20 meeting. Huge. I'm like, huge, like my hands. Stock surge after President Donald Trump said he will be meeting with his Chinese counterpart, President Xi Jinping, at the upcoming G20 meeting summit, hoping for a U.S.-China trade deal. Trump said in a tweet he had a very good phone conversation. And um, it's been a much anticipated, she loves me, she loves me, not kind of relationship so far on will they or won't they. A mess. In the end, it's a mess. It's been a mess. It's been a total mess. You can't say that better. And uh, he said, we'll be having an extended meeting next week at the G20 in Japan. Our respective teams will begin talks prior to our meeting. Eh, probably won't have a final deal, but maybe what we'll have is a handshake deal. We agree to get something done. I don't know. I feel like we've heard this before. I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Ah, show me your financial statement. I'll show you mine. Boeing landed a $6.3 billion order for the 787 Dreamliner plane. That's a big deal. The 737 MAX remains grounded. Boeing's one of two major airline companies, not airline companies, but airline makers, airplane makers, that can produce and deliver. And they've actually been better at it than Airbus. And historically, Boeing's been a great investment until there was two crashes. The first one, they didn't really take inventory, not inventory of, but ownership of. The second one, they did. And it retroactive back to the first one. So we keep wondering, if customers aren't willing to get on a 737 MAX, then airlines are going to say, we don't want 737 MAXs. 
And what's unfortunate about 737 Max is that you know this is like the eighth generation, and the upgrades they did was mainly to the software, not to the body itself. But they have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the software has been fixed correctly. So Boeing sits at three hundred and fifty-eight dollars. A lot of people think it could go as low as uh, probably two eighty. Maybe, maybe 300. I don't see it going much lower than 300. So it's an expensive stock, but consumer worker advisor for taking action on the stock expansion. As the grounding has gone on, time has gone on, and in theory, they should be getting ready to announce something positive. Just throwing that out there for you. Other big stories of note today. And this one is huge. As my friend Donald would say, it's huge. Um, cryptocurrency gets, gets a big boost today. I'm not sure if this news is all that in a bucket of chicken, but it's, it's pretty big for cryptocurrency. Some people, some people don't believe in the dollar. It's really tough to believe in the dollar when governments can print more dollars or tough to believe in the euro when governments can print more euros. Tough to leave the one when governments can print more ones. And they dilute what you had. You had a set, finite asset. The one thing I like about Facebook's announcement, it's going to be called Calibra. It's a newly formed Facebook subsidy. And the digital wallet is going to be called Libra. We know that Facebook, between WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, um, Instagram, like we know how many people they touch in the world. A lot. Billions. Calibra will enable users to use Libra to basically send a text at low to no cost and exchange money. If I were in a third world country and I had bad government, like some of the South American governments, I would say, man, I don't really want to own any of our currency because these guys are crazy. They're going to devalue our currency. Now, here's a big question. Should Facebook be trying to get into business transactions when we don't really trust Facebook? How many times have they you know, betrayed us with information that has been sold with privacy issues? Yeah, no kidding. But then again, you, look at, you go into other parts of the world and everyone has a phone and everyone has Facebook or WhatsApp or what have you. So Calibra is going to be an independent company away from Facebook, they say. And they say none of the information is going to be looked at and or marketed to and or sold back to Facebook. Huh. The cryptocurrency will be backed by the Libra Reserve, which will be a collection of low volatility assets like bank deposits and government securities. And currencies from stable and reputable central banks. United States, we don't really need cryptocurrency in my opinion because we've got a great banking system. Now, this is getting the backing of Uber, of Lyft, of Visa, of MasterCard, of eBay, of Spotify, of Facebook, of you name it. Big companies are signing on for it. Vodafone. I'm trying to see if there's any other phone call. Oh, you want me to do my voice? Hey, look, everybody who showed up for the Libra party. Over here, we've got Visa, Anderson Horowitz, Andreessen Horowitz. I'm sorry. I stepped on that one. 
Uber, MasterCard, Stripe, eBay, Spotify. Oh, there's Facebook showing up and Bison Trails, Mercy Corp, Vodafone, and Kiva. More partners to come, right? <coughs> Calibra will not share account information. I can't tell you how many times in this, this new information. They're saying we're not going to share information. We're not going to share information. Do we trust Mark Zuckerberg? J.P. Morgan announced J.P.M. Coin back in February. It looked like they were embracing cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency's grown up a little bit in 2019. They've got a lot of users. And to assign a blockchain ID for your asset, a lot of people are very excited about. I fear the day that I wake up. I hope I'm still doing radio and television. I fear the day I wake up and someone says... Facebook's been hacked, or Calibra, which I'm not crazy about the name Calibra. Libra is a digital currency. It's cute. I get it. I'm with it. I'm not going to fight it. So Dow up after Trump and President Xi make a kissing relationship. Boeing lands a $6.3 billion order for 787 Dreamliner, not 737 Max. Then you're seeing stories like, have you looked at the 10-year treasury? I know, I know, it's probably not your ideal metric. You're probably thinking, did the Giants beat the Dodgers last night? First thing I look at in the morning is the 10-year treasury. And at one point this morning, it got down to 2.03%. So my advice to you, if you got a mortgage last year at 4, 4.5, maybe a little bit more because you had bad credit, if you had a year or two of paying your credit, consider a refinance because that 10-year treasury, it does kind of tie into the 30-year mortgage. And um, you should be able to lower your cost of, of your, your biggest payment, your mortgage. Of course, consult a burger advisor for taking action on anything I ever mentioned. But that's out there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. The 10-year down to 2.03% today. The French bond rates are now near zero. Looking for a rate of returns. Very, very difficult at this point in time. Safe rate of return. I'm Rob Black. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this video is shot in one take. It's a Haim or Haim song or Haim. It's a Jewish name and I never say it correctly and I always forget which one was the right one. It's three girls, three sisters. I think it's pretty cool. The video was shot in one take. Very tough to do. They're walking down the street like at 5 in the morning in Southern California. I want to say like Venture or something like that. And there's a little dance move there. It reminded me of the Alfred Hitchcock movie called Rope. Which wasn't shot in one take, but it was shot in like three cuts. Cuts. That's what I'm trying to say. Not takes. Cuts. That ain't easy to do. Getting choreography and, and lip syncing perfect. I know you're saying, why are you telling me this? I suddenly don't know anymore. You know, one of the IPOs. Oh, rope. It was a murder investigation. Let me 
If you haven't seen this one, you should rent it or you should get it. It was a murder mystery and these two guys were having a dinner party. I think there was an implication they might have been homosexual. I'm not quite sure. There was some sort of undertone going on like, well, isn't that dandy? And everyone shows up for this dinner party and the person who's dead has been stuffed inside the um, coffee table. And everyone's walking around and the detective's slowly figuring things out. And in the end, uh, he said, aha! Not only did he not show up, he, he's been here the whole time! And they left, and they're like, let's end the movie here and take these guys off to jail. And, yeah, I guess that's the sound effect I was waiting for. Or how do I get out of this segment? Trump calls alleged Iranian tanker attacks very minor. I think it's an act of war myself, but what do I know? Um, Trump's in an interesting situation right now as he's going to kick off his campaign for 2020. It looks like he's going to kick it off in Florida. And there'll be a lot of news, like uh, a lot of headlines. Headlines will move the market. The headlines move the market today is that he and President Xi are going to meet the G20 summit in Japan in late June and something's going to get announced. We're working on it and we think we got this one. Yesterday it sounded like, no, we don't got this one. They kind of reneged on us and tomorrow who knows what it's going to be. We're moving things along or we're moving them along fast. Thank you. Elsewhere out there, Hershey CEO says the 125-year-old company is waiting to add CBD to its candy. Oh, something tells me Milton Hershey is rolling in his grave right now. Cannabis compound doesn't make you high. It just kind of takes the edge off, I think. So my friends have told me. While Hershey and other large food and beverage companies wait, upstarts are taking advantage of the trend. Chocolates and gummy candy have become a popular vehicle for CBD. Hershey CL Michelle Buck, 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 Buck said the 125-year-old company is monitoring the trend. CBD can be a big helper for people with epilepsy, so says scientific evidence. Um, all I can tell you is that this is going to be big for the future of companies like Mondelez, PepsiCo, Coca-Cola, the alcohol makers. Because they've been selling a product that's pretty established and doesn't have a lot of competition. And millennials have shown almost no brand loyalty. They want low-carb, low-calorie beer. They don't care who makes it. And when it has CBD oil in it, they'll be like, we're in. And I bring up Milton Hershey because at one point in time, there's a park in Pennsylvania called Hershey Park. And Hershey was, was as a company, was kind of all in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He basically built the houses that people lived in, charging them below-market rents, but... Kind of, got, kind of kept them there. He didn't want people leaving. Coal mining towns had the same problem. Where the coal mining companies said, hey, how can we get these people to work forever and ever, be perma workers, and it's tie the housing to their job? I know it's more complicated than that, but also I want to bring up Milton Hershey for one more thing. He might be the greatest racist of all time in American history. When he died, he had part of his trust say, my money is going to this orphanage. And you're saying, how is that bad? He's giving money to an orphanage. 
Except for none of the children could be African-American. Say what? I know. And you think of Hershey's as like this great American company. But again, some of these guys who made millions and millions and millions and millions, not billions, but millions and millions and millions and millions, they've kind of got a dark past. And now you're saying, okay, you've pulled up Hitchcock. Now you've pulled up a Milton Hershey reference that I probably didn't know. What's next? Sequels this summer, sequels this summer stink. How's that for an answer? Um, the latest Godzilla King of the Monsters, awful. Dark Phoenix, awful. Men in Black International, awful. And I bring it up because some years Hollywood does better than other years when they take some chances. You know, it should be noted that Avengers Endgame has been the biggest player. It's pulled in 350 plus million of the 1.5 billion being made. Sweet. We still have Toy Story 4 coming. That'll be a nice sequel, you gotta think. Is it sequelitis or is it just bad movies? Um, but listen to all these movies that we have. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, Hidden World 3. Got a great rating. Captain Marvel, got a great rating. Avengers Endgame, got a great rating. John Wick, Chapter 3, all these sequels got great ratings. Great uh, acknowledgement. But Godzilla King of the Monsters, not so much. 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dark Phoenix, 23%. Men in Black International, 24%. Shaft got 35%. Oh, kind of a funny story. Here's a funny story about me. And Warner Brothers makes Godzilla, and Fox makes Dark Phoenix, and Sony makes Men in Black. So you can kind of see, ah, those aren't Disney. In the 1970s, I snuck into a movie theater. And I was just a wee kid of probably eight maybe nine, maybe seven years old, somewhere in there. And there was a movie that I was watching. And um, it scared the pants out of me. There's a movie called Blackula, which, not quite a sequel. Maybe it is. I don't know what, how you would refer to this. But it was a, a black African-American Dracula. And if you go to YouTube right now, you will laugh so hard at the fact that I got scared at this um, and then you're going to say, wait, wait, you, you snuck into a movie theater. I think I saw a movie and I think I might've gone to the bathroom and I think I might've gone into a different movie theater intentionally. So I know you're saying good thing you didn't pay for that because you were scared you needed a diaper. But anyway, um, it shows you that sequels and sometimes you gotta, you gotta get the product right. You gotta get the product right. Can't do hit or miss too much money is being involved Whether you're Apple and they say the new Apple phone coming out this holiday season, it's got a horrible third camera in the back that people are fighting. People are saying it's going to be awful. I don't know. Too early for me to tell. Anyhow, and anyway, Wall Street's all about product. You get that. Would you invest in a Ford if you've never bought a Ford before? Just worthy of throwing it out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. When it's just the two of us and a cute little cup of cyanide
Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Uh, never walk away from a microphone when you think it's a long break instead of a short break. That's what I learned. So, hmm. What are the big stories of the day? First and foremost, I at times I'm strategic. I talk a little strategery with you. At times... At times, I want to talk a little more headline news. Let's bring in Breathing.com, Mr. O'Hare, Patrick O'Hare. I walked away from the mic. Ugh, bad on me, but I guess we've all done that before, huh? Hey, Rob, how are you? I understand. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do that once a year. Anyhow, and anyway, uh, markets are getting a, kind of a shot in the arm today, even while the tenure it. Tenure Treasury is going down, saying danger ahead, but the markets are kind of buying into positive news or something like that. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, getting uh, two shots in the arm, actually. So you had uh, things get off to a good start because of the uh, the one thing that this market always relishes, and it's the idea that you could have uh, you know more monetary policy stimulus uh, provided to the capital markets, and th- that was born out of a comment made by ECB President Draghi overnight, in which he suggested that the ECB could and would provide more stimulus if economic conditions deteriorate and the uh, ECB's inflation uh, aim is threatened. Uh, so, you know, our market kind of ran with that, thinking that, you know, we might be on the potential cusp, really, of a, uh, of a coordinated policy easing effort among the world's leading central banks. Uh, and then on top of that, once the market opened, uh, President Trump tweeted that he had had a very good telephone conversation with President Xi of China and that the two were going to have an extended meeting at the G20 summit. And so that allayed some of the market's concerns that that meeting might not actually take place. Um, you know, what comes out of it obviously still remains uh, key to, to, uh, to the market's progress. But uh, for today, anyway, it's regarded as a positive development and it's kind of helped drive this risk on sentiment that has, uh, uh, you know, quite a few uh, stocks trading higher today. Kind of drives me a little bit crazy. All at the same time, it comes with the territory that uh, it feels like the president's being a little manipulative of his polls with good news and bad news based on where he is in the polls. Uh, But I guess it's setting up for an interesting 2020. Um, Political season and investing, what do you think is going to happen or uh, what's your read right now? Or what's your thoughts on investing in political seasons? Gosh, it's, it's probably about as, as difficult a read as there ever has been, uh, yeah. as, you, as you allude to, given the, the personality of, of President Trump and his kind of, kind of his capricious 
uh, tweeting st- style and, and policy initiatives. So, uh, and, and that's been one of the, uh, it, it, it's kind of convoluted to say it because you have the market that's trading very close to an all-time high, yet you have a lot of people that are still not really committed to this market because they don't really know what to expect. And so, you know, interestingly, there was a Bank of America uh, fund manager survey out today that uh, suggested fund managers were as bearish as they've ever been since the since the financial crisis uh, in 2008, uh, which is remarkable when you look at where the S&P 500 is right now. And it does suggest that perhaps this, the quote-unquote pain trade is still to the upside here as you have um, you know, a number of participants that are potentially underweight or you know, underpositioned for you know, further upside. So something to, uh, to, to, to take stock of. But, you know, in general, um, the, you know, the market should continue to uh, be supported by the idea that if it thinks President Trump's going to get reelected, it's, it's likely to find some support in that because it would think that if, if nothing else, you know, a more um, favorable regulatory environment could be in place still for, for several more years uh, and that there won't be uh, a concerted effort to roll back those, uh, those tax cuts that were enacted. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's tough to, uh, to bank on anything right now as it relates to the, uh, to the election cycle. Mm-hmm. Question for you on Facebook. Um, they're big in the news today. A lot of people live in America. A lot of people live in Europe. Some people live in Asia. Some people bank at Bank of America. And some people bank at Goldman Sachs. Facebook's trying to say we have people from all around the world, many of them, and we're going to create a cryptocurrency for them all to use. What's your thoughts on that story this morning? There's kind of there's a lot of angles to approach this on. There is. It's actually an extraordinary story um, and something that, uh, you know, interestingly, you know, Facebook will, of course, you know, benefit from it uh, over time. But, you know, it's not taking uh, credit or complete ownership of this um, initiative to introduce this new digital currency to be known as Libra. Um, but when you have a uh, an initiative that uh, reportedly will make it easier for consumers uh, and more quickly to transfer money and to do so without fees, um, uh, you know, and, and help a lot of underbanked people around the world uh, uh, transact business more easily, um, you know, that's a that's a, a I think a favorable development, and and I think when you look at the fact that this currency has a pretty good uh, introductory group of backers behind it and that it's going to be open source to allow for, you know, a lot of proliferation in terms of apps and services involving this particular currency. Um, you know, it's a really interesting um, idea because uh, because it does have potential to go more mainstream, especially since it's going to be backed by, you know, uh, by by real money, so to speak, and uh, will be less volatile and could become a better store of value than a lot of these other very, very volatile um, uh, cryptocurrencies. What else are you looking at today as far as top stories that we should hit uh, or run into? I see Boeing got an order. That's kind of positive. Is there anything sizzling out there, so to speak? Um, you know, we kind of have, we've touched on the main on the main ones really here this yeah. this morning. Um, 
you know, of course, we have the, the Fed is going to be out with uh, its its decision tomorrow. And uh, it will be a market moving decision, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of pent up optimism in this idea that the Fed, if nothing else, is going to kind of dangle the carrot that it's more likely than not to cut interest rates at the July meeting if it doesn't actually, you know, cut rates tomorrow. Um, you know, there's an argument to be made that, uh, you know, because because there's fewer people expecting a rate cut tomorrow, eh, eh, that the Fed could get more bang for its buck if it goes ahead and surprises the market with a 25 basis point reduction in June. Uh, you know, the same 25 basis points that everyone thinks is coming in, in, in six weeks anyway. So, um, so that would be interesting. But you know, if the if the Fed doesn't create an impression that it's going to be more likely than not to move in July, uh, that's that's going to upset the market because a lot of uh, hope has been put into uh, into this stock market that uh, a rate cut is coming sooner rather than later. What happens to the market hypothetically if we don't get the rate cut today or in July, and if the G20 meeting never happens or anger comes out of it or some sort of negative reaction? Uh, does the market retest lows? Are these the two variables we're looking at? Is there multiple expansion that we're not thinking of? Is there super earnings that yeah. we're not looking for? Well, I, th- I think there's a reasonable case to be made that, yeah, you, you do retest those recent lows because, you know, you can quite clearly see on the stock charts, you know, when the Fed has pivoted to create this impression that it's going to be more accommodative, you've seen a very strong reaction in, in the market. And, of course, um, uh, you know, we saw that, uh, you know, earlier this month. And so, um, if you don't get that rate cut, and on top of it, you get this uh, notion that there isn't going to be any type of um, constructive trade deal, um, that creates a lot of issues as it relates to the earnings growth outlook, and there would be a repricing uh, downward to uh, to account for that. Mm-hmm. We've got less than two minutes. Is there anything that you're working on that you think should be brought up to our attention before we let you go? Well, you know, I have the daunting task this week of updating uh, Briefing.com's market view. Uh, we do it, uh, you know, on a quarterly basis, and <laughs> and, uh, and and obviously there's some pockets of uncertainty that need to be filled here uh, as it relates to what's going to happen with the Fed and and what's going to go on with uh, the trade discussions. And so, you know, the case we made the last time we updated our market view in March was that uh, you know the quote easy money had probably already been made. Uh, and I think that's likely going to continue to be the same narrative here because uh, we've had such a strong run uh, early in the year, and um, and there are signs of slowing economic conditions that are unfolding here that are going to make it more challenging to uh, get that PE multiple expanded, I think, because you're not going to see really strong earnings growth uh, for a while here. So, um, so I'll be updating that on Friday for, uh, for our subscribers. <laughs> Thanks for the update, and thanks for the information. Thanks for being patient on that long music intro to come back into the segment. My bad. It won't happen again. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He joins us every Tuesday in this time slot. Um, Great content. Great content, consistent content for 15-plus years. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find it briefing at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Yeah.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't want to be somebody without your body close to me. Okay, I probably didn't pick this song. Sometimes they get away from me. But with that being said, I'm open-minded. I'm going to go with it. Beyond Meat Stock briefly trades above $200 after soaring 18%. I talked to a friend of mine who's a police officer. And he's like, I got to get it. You know, we talked a week ago and like, I didn't get it. I was like, just buy 1% then scale in. You don't have to own it all. He's like, it's really got the potential for disrupting. I'm like, keep in mind you're a police officer. Instead of becoming a day trader to get your riches, I'd rather you pat down a drug dealer or something like that. It's a joke. It's a joke. But there's something to be said for that. That stick to what you know and don't wish for what other people have. You're not a day trader, so be careful. I'm not against Beyond Meat. I love the idea. I think it's kind of the church of what's working now. The IPO is up 620%. We were talking a week ago, it was up like 250% from its IPO price. This is a year of IPOs are working better than the stock market's working. The two IPOs that really aren't working terribly were good or Uber and Lyft, and every other one has done great. Plant-based meats um, got good news at Beyond Meat when it was announced that uh, Impossible Burger, Impossible is having some problems with manufacturing, just not with quality, just getting enough out. And I was like, just keep in mind, officer, he's a good friend, that Nestle and Tyson Foods are in this industry. If you go up and down the aisles at a supermarket, you'll see a lot of Nestle and Tyson Foods. And that's what controls the grocery store. So Nestle could go and Tyson Foods can go and say, you want our chicken nuggets, you want our frozen pizza, you want our ice cream? Well, then we want beyond beef or beyond meat kind of a a smaller presence and we'll give you 10% off your order it happens so I don't chase performance and I don't covet thy neighbor's wife and I wouldn't covet your day trading skills and I'm not getting religious on you I'm just telling you there's, there's some principles behind life that you can learn from Dow's up a whopping 350 points talking about impossible whoppers. Trump says he'll meet with President G at the G20. And it's just as that crazy. She loves me, she loves me not thing. Russell, thank you all. Very honorable. Um, I hate it when I see stories about the guy who won the $200 million lottery used numbers that he found inside a fortune cookie. Russell 2000's up 1.6%, the Nasdaq's up 1.9%, the S&P 500 up 1.3%, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.4%. Like Patrick O'Hare just mentioned, a lot of expectations about rate cuts and a lot of expectations about President Xi. Um, be careful. So there's a lot baked in this cake. Best Buy is going to sell flywheel bikes and hydro rowing machines. That's a cute name, hydro. Um, Peloton is getting ready, not getting ready, but they're in the process of going public. Um, Flywheel Sports, who has the spin bikes, does a compression recovery system from Normatec, muscle rollers from Hypersize, rowing machines from Hydro, and a series of other connected treadmills. 
Um, very competitive, very expensive interactive machines that teach gym classes in the comfort of your home. <coughs> Worthy of note, gyms are expensive. And I won't go to a uh, 24-hour fitness. <coughs> Not because I don't like working out, but because I find them disgusting. I think I'm getting to play wrong, Bob. They're not all disgusting, but I've been in one or two, and it's turned me off. Same investment lesson from that is the same one I can tell you about restaurants. We like consistency. Um, I once ordered a, a, a steak. It was a ribeye, and I was assuming it was a normal-sized ribeye, but it was like a sliver. It was a cut that was so small that when I said, eh, I kind of like it medium or medium, it came out rare. And I said, can you throw it on the, the grill for like one second on each side? And uh, it comes back, well done. I'm like, okay, I'm leaving, <laughs> kind of thing. And I never came back. We get very, what's the word? Uh, we vote with our money. We, we kind of say think we deserve it. We kind of want it on our terms. We kind of want consistency. Lululemon, maker of Athletaware is launching a line of personal care products, including a dry shampoo and deodorant. Now, color me pickled. Dry shampoo? Who knew? It's almost like you're making this up, right? Last quarter, they had a great quarter. And they make very trendy yoga clothes that look fantastic. Now they're coming up with a dry shampoo, deodorant, face moisturizer, and lip balm. The main driver continues to be core categories of men's and women's leggings and jogger pants um, and definitely stylish cuts so Lululemon is competing with Nike oddly enough I like both companies in a retail environment that's brutal and tough I like it now will I pay $34 for dry shampoo I can't imagine that I will will I pay $18 for deodorant kind of like my masculine smell <laughs> ah reminds me of a bear in a pit of mud rolling around and getting sunburned how about face moisturizer that's $48 oh no lip balm that's 14 ah ah now I get that some people will but is that going to be enough to drive growth? I don't know. Let me just repeat that the face moisturizer is $48. And you can Google world-class face moisturizers, and it doesn't come up to $48. Now, again, you're saying you're just being cheap. I don't know. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Stock's up 50%, and this is a wonderful growth initiative for the year, but I question it. One CEO is saying Mattel will be bankrupt within a year or so if they don't take a takeover bid. This is the company that's offering the takeover bid. That's not good news. That's a Manhattan Beach company, right, Mattel? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.